Welcome to the Dream Big, My Friend podcast, where you will find all the inspiration you need to begin living a more intentional life today. Because no matter where you are right now in life, it's never too late to dream big, my friend. And now here's your host, Francis Vitakovic. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Dream Big My Friend podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little different. We're going to have a discussion about the book that I've just finished reading, which was called I'm Glad My Mum Died by Jeanette McCurdy. If you have not read this book yet, and I'm pretty sure that it's still on the bestsellers list, it was just released back in August. It is amazing. Go out and read it. But today we're going to be having a conversation about this particular book. So, in case you haven't even heard of the book, let me just redo the book blurb. So, it goes as follows A heartbreaking and hilarious memoir by iCarly and Sam and Cat star Jeanette McCurdy about her struggles as a former child actor, including eating disorders, addiction, and a complicated relationship with her overbearing mother, and how she retook control of her life. So Jeanette McCurdy was six years old when she had her first acting audition. Her mother's dream was for her only daughter to become a star and Jeanette would do anything to make her mother happy. So she went along with what her mum called calorie restriction, eating little and weighing herself five times a day. She enjoyed extensive at-home makeovers while mum chided, your eyelashes are invisible, okay? You think Dakota Fanning doesn't tint hers? She was even showered by her mum until age 16 while sharing her diaries, email and all of her income. And in I'm Glad My Mum Died, Jeanette recounts all of this in unflinching detail just as she chronicles what happens when the dream finally comes true. Cast in a new Nickelodeon series called iCarly, she is thrust into fame. Zoe Mum is ecstatic, emailing fan club moderators and getting on a first name basis with the paparazzi. Jeanette is riddled with anxiety, shame and self-loathing, which manifests into eating disorders, addictions and a series of unhealthy relationships. These issues only get worse when, soon after taking the lead in iCarly spin-off, Sam and Cut, alongside Ariana Grande, her mother dies of cancer. And finally, after discovering therapy and quitting acting, Jeanette embarks on recovery and decides for the first time in her life what she really wants told with refreshing candor and dark humor i'm glad my mom died it is an inspiring story of resilience independence and the joy of shampooing your own hair so i just finished reading the book last night and i was honestly blown away mainly because of jeanette's honesty i think it takes a lot of guts and courage to actually pull back that curtain and let people into your private life and share not just the good bits but the hard bits the real bits because so many of us have this expectation that if someone is really and famous they have no worries that their life is perfect when we forget that they are humans too having a human experience I remember actually being told as a 16 year old and back when I was 16 like the people that you looked up to were like those supermodels like Claudia Schiffer, Cindy Crawford, Naomi Campbell, Christy Tellington and Linda Evangelista. You could not open up a magazine without seeing their faces and I remember someone telling me like I said someone older saying to me did you know that essentially they are no different from you They will experience heartbreak. They will experience pain. They have to go and poop. They get their period. They have to fart like they do all the human things. And this wise old person reminded me that it was true for every single person in the media, in the media spotlight. And way before they even made it into the limelight, they had a childhood. Not everyone grew up in families that were loving. Some of them experienced divorce. Some of them were sexually, physically, emotionally abused. Some of these people that you admire so much have experienced great loss. They've been bullied. They've gone through all the human things. 
And the reason that I mention all this, and I know it sounds like I've gone off on a complete tangent from the book, but let's just come back to her book. I'm glad my mother died. I know that when you read it, there's a good chance that you can experience lots of really strong emotions like shock and disbelief that this is something that she actually lived through. But I want to remind you that you two have probably gone through your own flavor of experiences that would probably be shocking and cause disbelief in others. I really do want to commend Jeanette for being so freaking brave enough to write this because how many of us are actually willing to share everything? everything. Because whether you care to admit it out loud or not, you've probably done so many embarrassing things. You've done things that you're ashamed of, things that you regret, things that you would take back in a heartbeat if you could, and things that you just would die if other people in the world knew that you'd gone through that. And that's what makes Jeanette's book such an amazing read, because it reminds you that you are not alone. And even though our stories will never be exactly the same, there's going to be that commonality to them, like the ups and downs, the obstacles. We all go through them. We really, really do. And I want to remind you of this quote. It's actually from the Gospel of Thomas, and it goes like this. If you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. And if you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. So I actually heard this for the first time ever, like when I was a teenager, and it took me like years and years. Like I think just recently did I actually track it down because the way I remember someone explaining it to me was if you have something inside you, okay, you have to set it free in order for it to save you. Because if you keep it locked inside you, like buried deep within where it can just fester, it has the potential to destroy you. So what I want you to learn, like even if you don't read this book and you're just listening to me have like a conversation about how we all have a story that has good bits and bad bits and ugly bits, all of it because we are humans having a human experience, I want you to use Jeanette as a fantastic role model and inspiration for being willing to share your own story with others being willing to like let people in, allow people to understand what makes you tick. Because that's one of the things that I've always gained from reading autobiographies. I absolutely love reading autobiographies, like seeing people's life through their own eyes and seeing and hearing about experiences that you would otherwise not know. You get to understand the person on a deeper level. And of course, there are always going to be people who have negative judgments and make judgments about you based on the stories that you're sharing. It might make them feel better about themselves, might make them feel superior. But for the most part, genuine, loving, caring people will appreciate you sharing your story. And it's going to like incite in them like this compassion for you, this understanding. It's like, oh, okay, I understand you're a little bit better. And that sort of fosters a deeper connection. Now, here's something that not many people know about me. When my youngest, when Jake was around six months old, I started writing my memoir. Like I wanted to, while the memory was still fresh in my head, write down all my experiences that I could remember from my childhood and so forth. Every night when the kids would go to bed and I think they went to bed at seven o'clock and I could only stay up till 8.30 to write, I would write and write and write. And at the end of that year, I had written a hundred thousand words. I published it like just two copies of my little memoir and it's locked in a box and I said I was going to give it to Savannah and my kids when they were 18 but she's now 18 and I still cannot bring myself to give it to her yet because the stories feel so raw. It's easy to write a story when you think that no one else is going to read it and a completely different feeling when you know that the whole world, the whole world can now look into your heart and look into your soul. It's almost like walking around naked and I sometimes feel that way when I'm sharing stories about myself on this podcast. It feels like I feel really exposed but at the same time it feels really liberating and freeing to know that you're speaking your truth and that you are open and honest about the things that you've gone through in life. 
Hey, my friend, I just wanted to pop in and say that if you ever listen to this podcast and think, oh my gosh, like I really wish that I could dig even deeper with this work, I have the best news for you. I now have two affordable signature courses that honestly have the power to transform your life in the most amazing way. The first course is Your Invisible Crown, which is an in-depth program that will teach you exactly how to show up as the best version of yourself every single day, even when life's obstacles pop up. And the second course is Your Magic Wand, is a 12-week self-coaching program where I'm going to share with you the exact tools and the exact process that I've used while coaching private clients over the last 20 years. This is the closest thing to having a real-life coach by your side without the larger price tag. These courses are seriously unlike any other that you've ever invested in in the past. So starting today, you can freely ditch all the mind drama and grab the tools that you need to not just dream bigger, but to live life with more clarity and And you can find a link to these two courses inside the podcast description. And I sincerely look forward to connecting with you on a deeper level. And I want to end this episode, I think I'm brave enough to do it. I'm going to share with you a story that I used to be really, really, really ashamed of. Like when I was younger, like I'd be mortified to think that I'd be, that someone could discover that this was something that had happened to me. But the story goes back to when I was in kindergarten. So I started school at age four. I did not know a word of English and I had the unfortunate luck of having probably the meanest kindergarten teacher ever. Like her name was Miss Janssen and I can't tell you how cruel she was in my brain. Like back when I was, so I started kindergarten in 1980 and teachers could still hit kids back then. Like you get the ruler, you could get slapped. I don't know if I got slapped across the face, but you definitely across the bum. Like you just, that was the way that teachers disciplined back then. Or I should say that this was her specific method of disciplining us because we never had one other teacher in you two that used to like hit us if we misbehaved and never again. I don't know when it became illegal to hit kids, but back when I was young, you could definitely get smacked by your teacher. Anyway, I feel like I've digressed, but let me come back to the story that I used to be so ashamed to share. I'm pretty sure that I don't, I think only my family, my kids might know this story, no one else, unless you were there with me back in kindergarten. So here I was, a four-year-old, did not know how to speak English, had the meanest teacher in the world, used to smack me because I wouldn't answer her questions because at that point I didn't even know how to speak English. And I remember one point in assembly, all the kids were requested to sit down and I think we had an assembly once a week, took an hour and I was busting to go to the toilet. And by this point, I knew how to ask to go to the toilet, like just say the word toilet. But Miss Yancey had said to us, you know, we're supposed to sit still and not move, not interrupt. And so I remember just sitting there and doing a wee in my underwear and being totally mortified. And especially like with your peers, like even at four, I knew that was like the most embarrassing thing that I could do, but I was too scared to put my hand up, too scared to move, too scared to ask to go to the toilet. And I remember that day. So not only was I totally humiliated in front of the whole school, because all six years were there, seven years, kindergarten plus the other six, but I had a teacher that yelled at me because I had wet my pants because I was too scared to ask. And I remember she went and told my dad about how I'd really misbehaved and I had done this. And then I got into more trouble. I think I got a smack in front of the whole class. And for so long, that was just like one of the most mortifying, shameful experiences that used to plague me, especially in the primary school years. Like I didn't want my friends and my um, fellow students to remember that story about me back in kindy when I got called out in front of the whole assembly and I got yelled at. And it took years and years of that shame to sort of disappear because now when I hear that story, I'm like, how in the world does someone not show that four-year-old compassion? And that that girl was me. So I want to end this episode by stating the obvious that that one little story is just like a little blip. It's just like one of my many, many stories. And there are probably a hundred more that there is no way that I would feel comfortable sharing it with you 
on this podcast. I'd feel comfortable enough to share it with my family and friends, but with the big wide world, that's like next level and I'm definitely not there yet. But it's okay if you just start small. It's okay if you just begin sharing with the people that you feel comfortable sharing your story with. And whether it's just a few loved ones and a few friends, that is the best place to start. Be willing to open up your heart and be open to the connection that will happen when you do share your story with others. Even if you're just starting on a really simple level, because what I found in my own life is that those who I'm closest to probably know the most about me. I feel like they know the real me, like flaws and all the people who know all about those experiences, the good and the bad ones who've made me, me, they are the ones that I feel most connected to. And you can begin to develop that level of connection, a stronger level of connection and a stronger bond simply by being open enough and brave enough to share your story with those. Just with a few selected two people to begin with, that is the best place to start. Like I said, all my closest friends are the ones who know the most about me. I even know like every time I go back to my village in Croatia, they know me. Like They know my parents. They know my grandparents. They know how we've grown up. They know the culture. I feel so connected to them because they know my story and they're a part of my story. But when you keep that story locked inside, when you don't share your story with the world, there's a part of you that people don't ever really understand. And we all ultimately want to be understood and appreciated by the people in our world. And how do they understand us better? It's by us speaking our truth and by us sharing our story. And that's why I want to commend Jeanette. I have so much respect for her. To me, the act of just sharing her story is the epitome of courage. And as I've just mentioned, like we've all got those stories. We've all got those stories that make us cringe, that make us feel vulnerable, that make us feel really exposed. We all do, whether we care to admit it or not. I've just said that I've got stories that I probably wouldn't want to broadcast to the world. And the truth is we don't need to. You don't have to do anything that you're not comfortable doing. But I just want you to know that when you read that book by Jeanette McCurdy, it's called I'm Glad My Mum Died. It will just remind you that you are not alone. Whatever hardship you've gone through, whatever loss, whatever pain, we've all felt it. Our stories will definitely not be the same, but all of us have pain in our stories. We all do. And the best thing about Jeanette's book is how she demonstrates the possibility that we all have the potential to get over our hardships, to move through them, to move beyond them, to create a new amazing life that isn't defined by the things that we went through as kids. Obviously, those experiences will shape us as adults, but they do not need to define us. Instead, the current day version of ourselves or the future version of ourselves all depends on how we choose to view that past, how we can learn from it and how we can move forward. And we get to decide what we make our past mean. And I personally like to view it as a source of strength, something that has made me super strong and super resilient and has taught me so many valuable lessons about life. So what do you want to think about your own past and how can you use all those experiences to take you where you need to go? Take care as always. You know, I love and appreciate you all. I recommend that you read that book because it is a great one. And as always, I can't wait to catch you on the next episode. Until then, dream big, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. And if you really loved it, you can show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. For more inspiration, head over to dreambigmyfriend.com where you will find even more content for all the dreamers out there. Until next time, dream big, my friend.